If you have your Bibles, you can turn there in the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians 4. Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God. How you ought to walk, make note of that, and please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. It's pretty powerful stuff, huh? So, Father, you desire more than we, a great awakening in our land. You desire to see great change in our lives so that we might walk with you and not as so many are doing today, away from you. Sanctify my heart as I preach this. Stir us to a new desire for you. May the power of the Holy Spirit enable us. We have to stand against a wicked adversary in this day. Give us strength to do that, to stand sure-footedly. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. There's a hope arising and a hope uprising that's filling the hearts of many believers in churches across America. A hope arising and uprising for a great new awakening. We're watching leadership crumble before our eyes and uh, promise things that they can't deliver and royally mess up so many people's lives. And the Scripture teaches us that just as in the early days of our founding, there was a divine direction given to our fathers. They called on the name of the Lord. So do we call on the name of the Lord, and God will also grant us divine direction. Amen? Now, there's some specific requirements that, when fulfilled, enable us to walk with God. And it's all about our walk with God. Christians need a name to walk with the Lord, not just say, I'm a Christian. That ought to bear fruit in our lives. Fruit ought to be observed in our lives. That, and it comes out of our walk with the Lord. God desires more than anything else that you walk with Him. Fellowship, communion with Him. He's not interested just in your Sunday morning relationship. God wants a daily walk with you. And he revealed that desire all the way back when he first created man, Adam, Genesis 3. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. They heard the sound of God walking through Eden. He had come to walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. Think about that for a moment. And he's come to walk with us every day. And this is how he started with his creation. He created man, a human race, because the God desired a family, and he also desired a daily walk with his creation. So if we're not careful, we become so experience-oriented, we become relationship-minimized. And it's about relationship with him. It's all about what happens for some people on Sunday, and you forget during the week that God wants a walk with us, not just mountaintop experiences with us. That's why Isaiah communicated this promise. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. 
They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk, walk, and not faint. It's awesome when you're soaring and you're in that kind of a season spiritually. I mean, you mount up with wings like eagles. You're soaring. Everybody loves to soar. Everything is just kind of falling into place. You're high above the storm. Your enemies can't touch you there. You've caught a wind, and you're flying above all of the traumas and the difficulties of life. I was reading the story yesterday about an F-15 Strike Eagle pilot, Air Force pilot, in his story of his flights over Afghanistan and ascending those mountain ranges and taking out the enemy and soaring out of the way of the enemy. Amazing story. And then there are seasons when you're running. You're running with vision. You're focused. And as you're running with that kind of a vision, people cheer runners on, and they're excited for you, and they applaud the focus that the runner has in looking toward the goal. When you watch track and field, when you watch the opening of the Olympics, at those opening exercises and ceremonies, a runner runs into the Coliseum carrying the Olympic torch, and everybody starts to cheer. They stand up, and everybody's cheering for the runner. Very few are cheering for the walkers. <laughs> it's not quite as exciting, huh? But number one, it's important to walk with God daily. It's your walk that he's looking for. You know, when you go to the mall early in the morning, you see grandma and grandpa and their white Reeboks walking, okay? <laughs> walking around the mall. There are no grandstands and no one's cheering them on and, <laughs> and no one's going, get with it, granny, get with it. No, no, one's, no one's cheering for the walkers. People cheer for those who soar and they cheer for the runners and those who accelerate at high speed, but they don't just stand around cheering walkers. Why does granny walk? <laughs> Because she has an appointment with her doctor who's going to check the condition of her heart. And that's a very important matter because doctors are going to recommend to you to maintain good heart health. You need to exercise and move every day. And walking briskly is one of the great things you can do for your heart. And no one gives a flip that she's walking. But the doctor who's going to check the condition of her heart is very concerned about exercise. So if she's been walking faithfully every day, daily walking every day, going and doing those walk exercises, that daily exercise of walking will show up in the tests that are performed on the heart. Every one of us has an appointment with God. Every one of us. And he's not only be interested in what you achieved during the times you soared in life, but he's interested in what's happening to you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Not just the noise you make in church on a Sunday, but did you walk with God the rest of the week? Because if you walk with God, it affects the condition of your heart. It's not about Sunday's experience. It's not just about showing up for a church service. It's about what happens after the Sunday experience. Do you walk with him? Are you in fellowship with him? Is he a vital part of your family on a day-to-day basis? Is he the atmosphere of who you are and what you're about wherever you're found during the week? On any given day, not very many people will know if you've been walking with God, but he will. So here are these simple truths that will assist you in developing a daily relationship walk with God. Number one, or number two, rather. Satan hates it when you walk with God. Hates it, absolutely. He'll do everything he can to prevent your daily walk and everything he can to prevent your communion with God on a daily basis. He does not get disturbed or upset when you receive a great blessing on a Sunday. He's not worried about what's going on in here on Sunday. 
you soar high, you know, you're running for a season, but then do you keep walking the rest of the week? The deal breaker for your enemy when he sees someone putting one foot in front of the other, walking with God every single day, faithfully, and whatever he hits them with, they just keep walking by faith. Walking by faith, not by sight. They keep walking, keep praying, keep reading the word, walking in fellowship, having communion. Satan hates that. Hates when you do that. Out of all the items, soaring, running, walking, he hates most when you walk with God. Satan would love to stop your walk with God. So how does he attempt to do that? And why? Because it's your walk that builds that character and development, that richness of who you are, and develops the fruit of the Spirit. Now, number three, you're going to get sand in your shoes. <laughs> Peter Jenkins in 1973 wrote a book, A Walk Across America, and it became a bestseller because he had this unbelievable experience. He walked 5,000 miles coast to coast to coast across America. It took him five years from one coast to the other because he would stop for periods of time he would work some jobs and make a few dollars to continue to sustain his mission of crossing America on foot. And he walked the entire Appalachian Trail. That's a huge, long journey, by the way. He walked all the way through New Orleans and West Texas, through the Rocky Mountains, through blizzards, through the desert heat of 120 degrees. He was attacked by animals. He was bitten by dogs, bitten by a snake. He was hit by a car. His dog accompanying him was struck by a car. He was mugged three times, stabbed once. He was cheated by people he worked for. You name it. He went through all this stuff. And, and being interviewed, he was asked, what in all your experiences, including the desert heat of 120, blizzards in the Rockies, extreme conditions, personal pain, what was the greatest obstacle that brought you to a place where you thought about stopping your journey and your walk? And you know what he said? It's hard to believe. He said, sand in my shoes. And I thought he would say, when the car hit me, or when the, my dog got run over by a car, or even the freezing cold, he said, one thing that almost made me quit, I would get grains of sand in my shoes. And that sand would grind, those little grains of sand would grind against my skin. I don't know if you ever had that experience, but that's irritating. And it wasn't the huge things that happened to him. It was the little grains of sand. It's the same issue in your walk with God. It's not the big things. It's the little things. The same is true with people in the church. It's not the big things. It's the little things. It's not many people who stop walking with God because, you know, they got a negative report from their doctor. They usually start walking closer to God when they got a negative report from their doctor. It's usually not the big things. The loss of a loved one that separates you from God. Once in a while, someone who loses a loved one will get temporarily bitter toward the Lord, but that's not usually the case when you know the Lord. It's not always the big stuff that messes people up. It's not the bigger challenges that mess you up. It's the little grains of sand that no one can see. They get into your spiritual shoes and they start impeding your walk. Spiritual pain that nobody sees. Disappointments, discouragements, worries, fears. It begins to grind at you hinders your walk, halts your steps. It's not one big thing. It's these little things day in and day out as you're walking, and they begin to affect your walk. The little foxes that spoil the vines. It's the little hurts that wear you out. 
It's the little worries. Some Christians are so good at wearing masks. It's like Halloween on Sunday all the time. But daily, what do you really look like, right? So when they're asked, how you doing? I'm doing awesome, brother. I'm doing awesome. But when you see them walking, they're hindered. They're hindered. Anything that affects your walk is important. No matter how little it is. The little things. The daily worries. The power of sand. Listen to me. It can strip the paint right off your car. The power of sand can etch right into glass. It's the little temptations, the little hurts, the little offenses that you fail to deal with. The little stuff that happens and they begin to accumulate. More and more grains of sand begins to grind, begins to hinder your walk because you're irritated by them. It wasn't the heat, it wasn't the cold, it was the sand. And the same is true with you. Now watch. They're out for the kill. These tormentors with their obscenities taunting how? Day after day saying, where is this God of yours? Day after day, where's your God? I thought you had confessed that your family had gotten saved. Has your family gotten saved yet? How many years have you been praying for them? Daily, where's your God? I thought you were believing him for that healing and you're still not healed? Daily, where is your God? And it's not that one time. It's that daily, every single day rub. It's when you're dealing with something and it won't leave you alone. And God hasn't taken it away instantaneously. So it's grinding on you. People don't see the private pain. Because the sand in the shoe is not obvious to most. If it were obvious and a thing seen, people could step up and offer some assistance. Many Christians have sand in their walking shoe. And it hinders the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. It's these little things. Now, sometimes in your pastoral leadership, the Holy Spirit will show us. Someone's got sand in their shoes. And either they don't want to admit it or they don't even know it. It's kind of like what Pastor Bill said. It's like when you flatline. You're in the room, you're flatlined. Everybody in the room knows you're flatlined, but you don't. Because you're flatlined. You're unconscious. Okay? Where's your God? Where's your God? And they rub you. Why hasn't it happened? Where's your God? The Holy Spirit is trying to help you, but you've got this little stuff that started to accumulate in your life. It's what happened to Samson. He got sand in his walking shoes. Watch. She, Delilah, pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. (laughs) Wow. She pestered him about the secret of his power. She used her sexuality to entice him. Day in, day out. When it's a one-time temptation, that's one thing. But she daily tempted him. And that's what happens. You get that sand in your walking shoes. The daily temptation. You're striving to do the right thing. You begin the day heading off in the right direction. But you picked up a grain of sand somewhere. The enemy presses you with it every day. Compromise with me. It begins to affect your walk. Paul talked about had he, he faced the daily grinding and the irritations. Watch what he says. In labors more abundant. In other words, I worked harder than all of you. In stripes above measure. In prisons more frequently. In deaths, plural often. From the Jews five times I received 40 stripes. 
minus one. Most of us would have been dead after the first one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times shipwrecked. Day and a night I've been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. Those who said, I'm with you, I'm standing with you, I believe the Lord just like you do, but watch what I'm doing behind the scenes to undermine your work. He, he, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst and fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Beside the other things, what comes upon me daily? My deep concern for all the churches. Paul faced a lot of big stuff, more than most of us will, but that's not what got to him. Notice, beside the other things coming upon me daily, daily, sometimes the burdens of life, the daily grind. It's not some huge thing where you're going to go off and do something crazy. It's that daily irritant. It's that daily grind. Jesus said, come to me. He invites us every day to come to me. If you've got sand in your shoes, if you're tired, if you're under pressure, if you're under stress, and you don't know what to do with it, you don't know where to turn, and it's hard to put one foot in front of the other and keep going, it's in that daily thing where the enemy tries to destroy you, but Jesus daily is saying to you, come to me, all you who are laboring and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It happened that way to Moses. He was dealing with the demands of the people every single day, and he's attempting to solve everybody's problems, just like today. Everybody expects they're going to meet with their pastor, but we've got multiple pastors, and they're all capable of helping but they were trying to impose only you, only you. Listen, so Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing that you do is not good. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out, for this thing is too much for you. You are not able to perform it by yourself. That's exactly what the enemy tries to do. He wants to get sand in your spiritual shoes and overwhelm you one grain at a time. Some hurt, some disappointment, some fear, some worry, some pressure, day in, day out. And you attempt to offload it, but he just keeps putting it back and hinders your walk. And he wears you down and wears you out systematically. And before you know it, you can hardly move. You're immobilized. In David's life, the sand had gotten in his shoes so badly, he finally called on the name of the Lord. He said, as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. He almost lost his walk. It wasn't the bear. It wasn't the lion. And it wasn't the 10-foot Goliath. It was the little foxes that spoil the grapevines, just nibbling around the perimeter all the time. Those little things that get into your daily walk. And you begin to lose your hunger for the Word of God. Now, it's no big deal if I don't read this today. Listen, it's this daily thing that needs to happen. It's not waiting till Sunday. It's this daily thing that needs to happen. Well, it's no big deal if I don't have a time of daily prayer or if I don't have a place to pray because I make it to church twice a month. But it's those grains of sand those seemingly little things. You didn't read the word today. Turns into two days, three days. You didn't pray today. It turns into two days, three days. You missed Wednesday night teaching. 
Before long, you're nowhere to be seen on Sunday night. You barely make it to church once a week. Before you know it, you've got sand in your shoes, and it's become more difficult to walk with the Lord. It's hard to walk in faith. It's hard not to allow the fears and the pressures and the anxieties to overwhelm you. So what's happening? Why am I feeling this insecure? Why have I kind of lost my balance and my my equilibrium? Why do I feel like this? You've got grains of sand in your shoes. Those little foxes. And nothing is little if it affects your walk with God. If God desires to walk with you, and Satan hates to see you walk with God, wow. If the way that slows your walk to a stop, see, it's not the big stuff. The reason a person may fall over seemingly a large thing is all the while they accumulated sand in their shoes. Little by little, grain after grain. The little things that wore them down. Then in a moment of weakness, they run off and do something crazy. So I'm preaching better than you're letting on. You just need to hear this today. Have you noticed this about sand? I grew up going to the beach. All my years, we were near the water. I mean, just blocks from the ocean. We spent the summer at the beach. We went as a family. We went as a church. We went as a youth department. We were always at the beach having a good time. When I moved to the Midwest, I would take my family to the white sand beaches, warm beaches of Florida and the Caribbean. And man, there's nothing like those white sandy beaches. I mean, they're absolutely stunning. I mean, it's amazing. But notice, ever notice, it's hard to get the sand off your feet and out of your shoes. You know, you got your Nikes on, you're walking down the beach, and before you know it, a wave crashes over your feet and covers your feet and your shoes with that sand. Try to get the sand out of those shoes, okay? It's like sand is magnetized. I mean, you stand there at a foot shower trying to get the sand off of your, your legs and your, and, and your feet, and you take three steps back towards your car, and boom, sand is all stuck back on your feet again. And once you get sand in your shoes, fear, worry, pain, disappointment, and hurt, it's hard to get it out. There's, there's not much you can do to try to get rid of all of this, but there is a solution, Number four, Jesus never designed you to wash your own feet. And he said this, you come to me. Bring me all the stuff piling up in your life that's stressing you out, that's worrying you, stealing your sleep, waking you up in the middle of the night, concerned about what tomorrow holds. And let me tell you, Calvary Christian Center, that's not the voice of the Holy Spirit putting fear on you, worrying you about your future. No, Jesus is standing nearby. He's got a towel in one hand. He's carrying a basin in the other. And he's saying, are you stressed out? You can't process this? Bring it to me and let me wash your feet. Are you heavily burdened and don't know what to do and where to turn? Bring it to me. Let me wash the fear away. Let me wash away your anxiety. Let me wash away your depression. Because if you walk with me every day, I'll wash your feet. And after Jesus has washed your feet, Jesus is going to turn to you and ask of you this. After I've washed your feet, turn around and find someone else who is stressed, has sand in their shoes, and let them know you can't quit. You cannot give up. 
I refuse to let you quit. You will not quit walking. You'll keep walking by faith. So let me wash your feet. I've been exactly where you are. Are you listening? God knows where you are. And here's the beauty of the body of Christ. The awesomeness of his church. Jesus washes you. This is the daily walk that's so important. I want him to come down into my life every day and spend time walking with me. I need to walk with him daily. Jesus washes you. He removes the sand, removes the pain, removes the hurt, the offense, the depression, the anxiety, the torment, the fear, and the worry, the stuff that bogs you down in your walk because you've allowed the sand to go on day after day. And he says, when I do that for you, I will send similar people your way. Some are in here today. You feel like you can't put one foot in front of another. You don't know how to relieve the irritation and the inflammation. And you can put your religious mask on. But the truth is, people are hurting because they haven't daily come to the foot washer. And your shoes are filled with sand. And you don't know if I can keep going like this. I want to say to you, Jesus is begging you today, bring it to him. Let him wash you. It'll be a New Testament Holy Spirit-led foot washing. Where after being washed, you turn to your brother or your sister who's struggling and you say, you've been washed and now you need to be their foot washer. Help them get the sand off because they can't handle it by themselves. You need to be their encourager. Now, years ago, some churches held foot washing services. I don't know if any of you were ever in any of those. Maybe you've never even heard of that. But many years ago, they used to have what they called an old-fashioned foot washing, spirit-filled service. For some churches, it just became an outward ritual. They just did it. And like some in some churches, not all, but some, that communion is a ritual. They just kind of tag it on. Let's get it done. We've done it for the month and go on to the rest of our agenda. Not recognizing spiritually inspired what impact those moments make. Spiritually, there are people around you with sand in their shoes. But could it be you could get a burden for someone besides yourself and spiritually wash their feet? Say, I noticed the way you're walking. You got some sand in your shoes. It may be a husband who's stressed out or a wife overloaded with responsibility, stressed with the kids and cleaning and cooking and, and then come to the weekend and do church and go back to the same life Without the walk with Jesus, you need every day. Sunday's not enough. You've got to walk with him every day. And if you don't, then the sand gets in your shoes and it irritates and it inflames. And this is a service, and tonight will be even a greater service where we get into the presence of God, where we need to have Jesus come and wash the feet of his people. And then we wash the feet of each other spiritually. Services where we wait on the Lord 
so we can walk and not faint. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So whatever you've been walking through, and it's stuck to your feet, some of it, and it's irritated your walk and impaired your ability to get where you should be by now because of inflammation and impairment, determine today you're not going to give up, that God has a hope for you and a future for you. And God wants his son to wash your feet here today because we walk by faith in him and not by sight. And in walking by faith, we trust that every day when I walk with him and talk with him, and he reminds me of who I am and who he is, he washes my feet. So everybody here, you ought to take a praise break or a worship break and stand to your feet and bless the name of the Lord and give thanks to him. Wait before the Lord. Worship Him. Bless Him. Honor Him. Thank Him. And bring to Him your dirty feet that have accumulated some sand, some grains, irritants. He has a towel, washing of water by the word. He'll wash through his word the sand off your feet. And rub the oil of his holy presence on them to bring healing and anointing and quickening once again to your step. Be like Peter when Jesus was washing his feet and he recoiled from it. But Jesus said to him, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part in me. And Peter said, don't just wash my feet. Wash all of me. Wash all of me.